Welcome to Attune and Align, the podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Lavalette, and I'm the founder of Attune and Align, a community for women who attune to the calling of their heart and take action to align their lives accordingly. Thank you so much for joining us today, and I'm so glad you're here. On Attune and Align podcast, we showcase the stories of real women who say yes to their dreams and do whatever it takes to manifest the outcomes they want to see in their lives. We hope you'll leave today's episode feeling inspired, energized, and excited to take your very own first step on your own journey towards living a fulfilling life on your own terms. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to my friend, Kayla Hunter. She's an environmental and sustainability professional, budding journalist, and creative writer. She has experience in sustainability and climate change mitigation fields, such as solar and living building challenge construction. She communicates stories about the issues surrounding mitigating and responding to climate change and a more sustainable future. As a professional communications manager for an urban forestry company, she has written over three dozen case studies connecting urban trees to city resilience and human health. An avid seasonal eater, she channels climate action by buying local organic farmers market produce. Thank you so much, Kayla, for being with us on the podcast today. Thank you, Marissa. I'm really excited to be here. I like to challenge our podcast guests by getting the hardest question over with first. And that's kind of like that dreaded interview question. Like, okay, everyone tuning in today has no idea who you are. Can you catch us up real quick to how you got to where you are today? So can you tell us about your journey, personal and professional, that led to the birth of your website and your interest in sustainability? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question and it's a hard question to do super succinctly. You know, I've had an infatuation with the environment and responding to extreme weather since I was like 12. When I first saw An Inconvenient Truth by Al Gore, I was like just dumbstruck. And I think that's how a lot of climate activists all feel, but I've I've been feeling that for like over 15 years. That's kind of the start of the journey. Like once your eyes are open to the realities of what's happening to our planet, it's really hard to turn away. Along the way of studying environmental science in college and tapping into different environmental construction roles, I realized, you know, as much as I want to have a tangible piece of this problem, I actually feel more impactful by telling the story of what's going on and kind of being like Al Gore and doing what he did and like educating everyone on what's going on. Fast forward to COVID times and what better time to really pursue what you feel like your calling is, which for me is storytelling. And I worked with you and created KaylaHunter.com where I can express myself freely and people can listen and join. And that varies between like poetry about the environment to zero waste issues in my community. That's kind of a quick version (laughs) of, of what's been going on and how I've gotten here. Something that stands out to me, and also because I know a little bit of background of your journey leading up to this, is that 
there was also a pivot involved. And if I'm understanding it correctly, it was how so many people in your field kind of come at the issues either from the scientific perspective or the research perspective. Was it like at the beginning of the pandemic or even leading up to the pandemic? When was it that you realized you wanted to then focus your energy on the storytelling aspect of everything that you see going on around you? Yeah, well, my role at the urban forestry company I work for, Deep Root, sort of shifted by its own. And I started doing more writing and blog posts, communicating our writing case studies and communicating the success of our product for urban trees. And in that, I found like, I actually like writing and I like storytelling and it feels empowering. So that would have been about like four to six months before the pandemic. I think I've known for a long time, I really like to write and I want to be a journalist and I want to pursue environmental journalism, but I kept kind of shoving that down. I was like, no, like it's not lucrative. You're not going to make it like, that's crazy. But I think when the world gets flipped upside down, you kind of have to really listen to the gut feelings and the instincts. It was kind of a pre-pandemic and when pandemic started that I really started to take that talent and the idea really seriously. At what point did you feel like you had quote unquote enough content together Mm. to finally move forward with putting up your website? Because I know a lot of people who will hear this, they're waiting to give themselves permission to be like, okay, I'm going to show up with my website now. Yeah. What advice would you give to people who are on that sort of juncture of their journey? Yeah. I mean, well, for one, I think it was good because I went back in my journal and I went back in my some writing pieces. And I thought like, these could go up. I just need to kind of polish them up. So I feel like I had like maybe two to three things that I thought I'd put up, but I think it was like kind of magical in the alignment that I had been writing a new piece. And I decided I wanted to make it like a four part series about the parklets in San Francisco. For those of you who aren't in San Francisco, all of the outdoor dining moved to the street. San Francisco Public Department responded really well and allowed for these kind of temporary fixtures of outdoor dining. They just popped up like wildflowers in the spring, (laughs) literally in the spring last year. So it was just kind of fascinating to me. So I, I kind of pivoted away from sustainability and climate change with that. That was something I was passionate about on a personal level. But to answer your question about feeling like you have the right amount of material and you're just kind of ready to push publish or push go. I mean, I think two to three pieces is good to start with, but then also knowing like what kind of cadence you want to continue to publish things and being really realistic with yourself. Like, okay, if I'm going to do this, am I going to try to post something once a month, once every two months, once every two weeks, and just being really honest with yourself and trying to make realistic goals. And, and once you publish, it's okay if you don't meet those, but I can't help myself. I was a sixth grade teacher for so many years, so I have to make a really bad joke. Okay, go for it. You know, one might press publish, you know, Uh once you've come up with a sustainable writing schedule. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pun intended. (laughs) We can decide later if we want to edit that out. The whole time you were saying that, I I could not. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of puns in sustainability. Yeah. Or like with my company, Deep Roots, really rooted in the situation, <laughs> really grounded okay, in the soil. Yes. yes. Okay. There's good. so many. Okay. okay. Good. I like that. I like that. You're rooted. You're grounded. I love it. You mentioned also it's a universal 
thing that happens even across industries and fields. You mentioned that when you were thinking about bringing your website to life, there were these voices. Should I do it? Am I ready? Am I really going to do this? Am I giving myself permission? Would you say that those voices that you were hearing, were those coming from within? Or were those like people in your life who were like, eh, it's a waste of time putting up a website? Or I'm just trying to see if it was external sources. Oh, no, it was definitely internal. I don't think anyone ever was like, that's a terrible idea. Never do a website. (laughs) In fact, everyone was really supportive and impressed. Self-doubt. I mean, that really only started in the very beginning. Once I kind of made the decision I was going to do it, I stuck to it and I was really committed. And how did you feel the moment that you pressed the publish button? It was such a relief. It was amazing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> it was a lot of work too, right? Like yeah. it's it's a really big like pressure release valve pull. Mm-hmm. Like all the water floods, like it, it felt really good. Oh, good. But that doesn't mean it's over, right? It's like you have to continue, right. like I said, keeping up the work. It's just like, now it's real. Now it's- Now it's this living, breathing thing that wants to be fed on its- Yeah, you got to nurture the, the baby. Right, right, right. So your website is alive, kaylahunter.com. What do people come to your website looking for? Like who is your target reader or who is the type of person that the universe has been sending to your website? What are they looking for? So far I've mentioned like that I did a series on parklets, right? So that's someone who might be really interested in urban planning or responding to community and cultural changes, or I should say, and I have pieces that is focused on poetry that I've written that tends to do with the environment. And you want to feel really, I don't know, connected or inspired via poetry. Like that's a great reason to come to just check out a poem, take a few minutes out of your day. The big like draw that I'm trying to pull in is anyone that feels like they want to just learn more about what kind of impact our current systems. And I mean, systems like energy, transportation, waste, are like society structural systems, what kind of consequences those can have in our environment. The most recent piece I wrote was about an oil spill that happened off the coast of Richmond, California. Chevron had a 500 to 750 gallon leak in early February of this year. And if you want to find out more about what happened and why it happened and what kind of responses were received from the local community and young youth and young climate activists, that would be a great piece to go read. That's an example of like what kind of stories I've been telling. But I mean, I I hope to draw in everyone. I hope to draw in someone who doesn't know anything about environmental issues and wants to learn more or someone who's an expert and can maybe even critique me or teach me something anywhere in between. All are welcome at kaylahunter.com. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. And I, I love what you mentioned about your receptivity to feedback, right? Because that is the pathway of the eternal student, right? Like you are teaching and your website is instructive and educational, but whoever's teaching, the number one role of the teachers is to be a student. That's really refreshing to hear from you as well. So, you know, Earth Day is coming up and I saw that on my calendar and I'll come to your website because I'm interested in two things. You know, on the one hand, I am interested in reading about the Chevron oil spill earlier this year and how that is 
a reflection, as you mentioned, of some of the larger ongoing, deeply ingrained systemic issues in our current systems. So I am interested in reading further on that topic. At the same time, I also hope to walk away with some ideas of what can I do as an individual today or in the days leading up to Earth Day or not just Earth Day, like every day. I'm just noticing it now. Every day is Earth Day, Marissa. (laughs) Every day is Earth Day. What one or two or three small things that I can do, maybe things that have been on your mind recently, something that feels like an easy lift and implementable? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think that's such an important question because I think when people finish reading something like that, they're always like, wow, that's big and scary. And like, how do I begin to tackle that on my own? And like, we're facing like just monumental problems Mm -hmm. in like all different facets of the ecosystem. It's a lot. It's hard to know what you can do. And for Mm -hmm. me, like what I do is I write and tell stories and that's how I feel like I'm making my contribution. But anything I do is I've tried to incorporate some of the biggest changes can come out of voting with your dollar instead of with policy. I mean, policy change is super important, super great. And we've all, we're all probably really exhausted over the last year of all of the different pieces of policy that we've had to be a part of in whatever form that is. But, you know, you also vote with what you buy. So if I'm putting my money towards a local farm that uses regenerative agriculture, it's going to boost that farm. It's going to boost their existence and it's not going to go towards big agriculture. Factually, big agriculture is one of like the hugest polluters and just detrimental to the environment, to our soil, which also just dumps out carbon in the atmosphere and it doesn't take it in with the current methods that we use. There's also just issues with unsustainable practices, but also with animals. So I won't go too far down that rabbit hole, but What I do is I just try to make changes in what I'm buying for my own human health, but also for the planet's health. And I think if everyone tried to buy things a little bit more consciously, whether it's from a local shop instead of Amazon or from a local farmer's market, it just goes such a long way. So I think that's helpful. And it's hard because it's it's like, well, how does that relate to like an oil spill? But I mean, everything is really connected with our with our commerce and how much energy and oil we need because of how much we're shipping something, right? So it's it's all very connected to eat and buy and, and just kind of trying to exist more in your local environment and supporting that. So that's like a big thing I try to incorporate. I also just love cooking. And so it makes me really happy to be able to create something beautiful and then eat it. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> and then like, lastly, I would just say, just continue to kind of educate yourself and like talk about this with other people, not ignoring these subjects and just taking some time to be subscribed to environmental news organizations and because we need environmental journalists. Right now, the next piece I want to talk about is GMO versus non-GMO genetically modified organism foods. I think that's a really like misunderstood topic and I just want to bring that to light and talk about that. And yes, it's spring and I just planted some delicious produce in my backyard, in my garden. I mean, I think that's something we all do too, right? Is just spend more time in our own soil and planting trees. I mean, planting trees, planting plants, trees are incredible resources. They do the job that we need them to do like an incredible amount. 
it's cheesy, but there's a reason that there's Arbor Day and there's planting trees on Earth Day because they do a lot of work. They bring in biodiversity. They create shade and reduce temperatures on hot days, which we're all going to see more of. They draw down carbon, which we really need. They infiltrate and manage stormwater. They purify air. So they're pretty great. So I think everyone needs to go plant a tree. (laughs) You know, I'm smiling because I've gone through my whole life, obviously loving trees. They're pretty high on my list. I just learned a lot just now about what they do. Yeah. They're really powerful pieces of infrastructure that are like just so worthy of an investment. That's why it's so important for cities to plan green spaces as cities grow and urban sprawl continues to sprawl. Can you give us more insight on what this journey as a budding environmental journalist, more insight as to what that looks like and on a personal level or an emotional and energetic level, how is it going? You have a lot going on right now and a lot of opportunities coming your way and yeah, give us some inside insight on how you manage all of it. Well, I manage all of the stress by just giving my cat a lot of hugs and snuggles (laughs) and some CBD oil helps too. (laughs) It's a journey. Yeah, you said it well. It's kind of a little bit of a roller coaster. There's highs and lows of like, this was a success or this is really hard. You know, I don't think I can do this or that happens. And I think it's just like, you just got to keep going and like stay on, (laughs) stay on the roller coaster, stay on the ride. So for me, like I get different ideas and I like almost always follow through with it. Sometimes I just get to it a little bit later and I try to remind myself I'm trying to kind of hustle into an industry that's kind of breaking too, right? Like journalism is in a really weird place right now with social media has really taken over as like how we all just find out about things. And so people aren't subscribing and journalism's dying. (laughs) So it's kind of a weird field to get into. That said, I continue to, to manage the process of stepping into it by not stopping and like continuing to write pitching ideas to different papers and different places and just trying to step into a field. And I think my website really helps with that. I mean, I'm, I'm using my website as like a live portfolio. Absolutely. The website is a big win mm-hmm. and passed with different like environmental construction jobs. And I'm, I'm in this kind of niche area of resilient cities and like kind of where like man and nature meet and like how we can all get along really well. I'm trying to step into broader topics and mostly kind of going back to been thinking about since I was a kid, which is like extreme weather and how we respond to that. I think because I'm so passionate about those issues, it's easy for me to want to write about it. So I think realizing like, I want to know what the reaction is from this 17 year old that's like fleeing a wildfire in Santa Rosa or getting photos of animals covered in oil from an oil spill. Like I want to know about that. I want to write about that. And I want to tell the truth about a story because I'm so passionate about it. It makes it kind of exciting and easy to keep going. So it's difficult, but like, that's kind of what I tell myself. It sounds really beautiful. Sounds like you're on an ongoing quest to continue crossing paths with people whose stories are are going to be told through you. That sounds like a really beautiful passion-driven journey to me. And one thing I wanted to say too, is like, I feel like I've struggled with finding a job that I want to do all day, 
every day. I mean, no one has anything perfect, but (laughs) I know that I really like people and talking to people and telling stories. And so finding something that like also fits my personality traits, my characteristics has really been a challenge for me. And I think I've found something that like kind of checks all the boxes. So it's, it's really exciting in that way. That is really exciting and and fulfilling because I just know some of the people who listen to this podcast are, they are also looking to align in that way. And as you said, it's never perfect. Yeah. Life changes every day. We can never check every box, but right. That like you're honing in on this thing that feels really good to you. Yeah. So just sticking with something when it checks like eight or nine of the 10 boxes, (laughs) like stick with it. And that's pretty good. (laughs) That's a pretty good rate. Kayla, can I ask you some quicker, snappier questions? Okay, here I go. Snap, snap. Let's get snappy. All right. What's your favorite thing about life in environmentalism, journalism, and sustainability? It generally forces me to always be in nature or always be outside. Love it. Love it. Complete the sentence. I am most grateful for. Mm, Right now, it's my bicycle. What are you currently reading? I'm currently reading Under a White Sky, The Nature of the Future by Elizabeth Colbert. She's a very wonderful environmental journalist. Ooh, we should add that to our reading list. What is your favorite food? Pasta. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That one was a quick response. Yeah, I love pasta. Once traveling opens up a bit more, where do you want to travel next? Ooh, I've wanted to go to Portugal for a really long time. So I'd really like to go to Portugal, but I'd be happy to go anywhere. Right. (laughs) Anywhere different. I'd be happy to go anywhere. Anywhere that's not our living room, right? Yeah. Yep. And finally, what advice do you want to leave with anyone who listens to the podcast? I'd say that like once you kind of find that thing that checks the eight out of the 10 boxes, make sure you have a really good support group around you as much as possible. It's hard. And I think that it's good to challenge yourself, but having support along the way is really helpful and like whatever form that takes. And just remembering that all of it's a practice, right? Yoga is a practice, learning a new language is a practice. And I think when you take that mindset and like the pressure off a little bit and you're like, I'm just kind of practicing an art here, it really makes things a lot easier (laughs) and less stressful. Thank you for the good advice. This has been a Tune and Align podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune into our conversations. And more importantly, thank you for taking the time to tune into the power of your own dreams. We'd love to hear your questions and engage with you over on our socials. Follow a Tune and Align and post your questions for Kayla and for our community in our feed. Tag us whenever you're taking action to attune to your heart and align your life using our hashtag attune and align. We can't wait to see what your heart will ask you to do next. My name is Marissa Lavalette, and from the bottom of my heart, thank you for taking this time to get clear on the things you want to manifest in the life of your dreams. A woman living a life that aligns with her soul creates a powerful ripple effect in her relationships and in her communities. When you live your best life and share your unique gifts, you give permission for others to begin to do the same. Now go shine your light. Namaste.